Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. With me today on this Wednesday to promote and to preview the Fox and Falcons upcoming matchup is, of course, the one and only Scott Reynolds, also PewterReport.com. What's up, John? We've, we've got some ground to cover today. I heard you had an interesting show on Monday. There were animals involved. I think there was maybe a little urination involved. Uh, there was. Animals. I don't know what happened. Well, it's it's the main reason I don't have a cat, John, because cats will piss on you wherever, even on a live uh, podcast. And that's what happened with JC's cat. So. <laughs> JC has somehow stumbled into some of the more memorable moments on this show yeah. over the past couple of months. But, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty funny. That's you had great, a good show yeah. on Monday. That's right. We'll go back and uh, watch Monday's show if you haven't, folks. Uh, Scott and JC were able to wrap up, uh, put a bow a little bit on the the Bucks victory, comeback victory over the Indianapolis Colts, uh, which obviously uh, was one of the more impressive of the year, and especially in the terms of the way that maybe not the entire game, but the way that they did it in the end. Yeah. So some good things that we'll draw from on this show too. But we're going to talk a lot about the Bucks' current injury situation, especially Antonio Brown today, and what we yeah. can kind of what we've learned and what we can kind of glean moving forward um and why maybe some of the expectations that were out there were were pretty off um but we're also going to talk yeah and uh harvinder's posting this year but we're also going to talk about um we're going to talk about this bucks falcons matchup in depth as well so lots to get to and it's all brought to you by our friends over at celsius celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy i'm rocking the tropical vibe here the sparkling starfruit pineapple edition no sugar scott somehow the taste yeah. is unbelievable in these things yet no sugar how how does celsius pull this off man it feels like a cheat code yeah it really does uh, if you if you were watching on monday neither jc nor i had our celsius and we were paying the price for it we were dragging today i've already had my celsius i'm a little amped up as john can already tell um i don't have my prop can with me because not only did i drink the celsius i literally ate the can that's how energized I was. I was hungry. I just said, screw it. I'm going to eat the can too. You know, so I recommend not people to do can. that. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't eat the can. It's, I advise against that. But I wanted every little bit of flavor I could get out of the Celsius because John, the flavors are incredible, right? Peach vibe tastes like peach. Orange tastes like orange. Grape tastes like grape. Gosh, you, John, even the cola. I'm not going to mention any brand names, but it tastes like your favorite cola. It's crazy. Oh, the wow. scientists at Celsius have gone absolutely nuts. So you're probably wondering, where in the world can I get this tasty beverage? Well, the cool thing is, is you can click on those banner ads on pewterreport.com. That's the easiest thing, right? Because you're already on pewterreport.com, checking out all the stories. John, what do we have? A thousand stories on there today? Is it a thousand five hundred? I don't know how many. Last three days have been crazy. We have tons We've had more a lot. coming. Yeah. But click on those banner ads, type in your zip code, and all of a sudden those locations are going to pop up where you can get Celsius near you. Or you can just go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, do the same thing. But then once you find those flavors, once you go to the convenience stores, once you go to the grocery stores, the health and fitness stores to get those cans, try a whole bunch of them. You're probably going to like them all. But find your favorites and then go to Amazon.com, click the subscribe and save. They're going to send Celsius right to your house. It's so cool. right? You don't have to go out and get it. They just send it right to you. And they send it to you in bulk so you save money. So um, get all amped up like me. And the great thing is I've already had my Celsius. There's no sugar crash. Why, John? Because there's no sugar in Celsius. Yeah, absolutely. It's the best. It's the best out there, truly. And so, make sure you check that out and get yourself some. Okay, let's talk about Antonio Brown, Scott. Uh, yeah. This situation has totally been misconstrued by a lot of people, and I'm realizing that more and more every single week. Part of the problem, though, is that yes, the average fan has totally misunderstood the timeline with Antonio Brown. But the big biggest reason why is because of Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter. That's the biggest reason why that's <laughs> yeah. happened so far. Yeah. I'll give the reason why here in a second. But I just want to make it really clear. Uh, the people are I see people on Twitter all the time saying this. I see it in the Pewter Report. And I see it in my mentions that like Bruce Arians has been like not upfront about Antonio Brown's injury. That's just not true. Like straight right. up, it's just not. I mean, here's the story. I'm looking at PewterReport.com, October 27th, when he didn't even know what the injury fully was at this point. This was right. about right after it happened. He literally, the quote is, shoot, with that injury, who knows? It could be after the week nine bye. Yeah. It could be a long time. 
It's right. just wait and see how the foot heals. He's still on a crutch. It's still considered an ankle sprain, but it's around his heel. As time yeah. went on, he said he's also having bone spurs. He said he's he's been upfront and saying, no, I doubt he plays this week at the beginning of every week. Right. Uh, I'm not sure what people have wanted more from Arians in this regard. He's answered every question straight up. He's been very forthright about the injury. The problem is, Scott, that these are the reports that have happened in the media over the past couple of weeks that don't really make much sense. And of, I mean, obviously when Ian Rappaport right. and, and Adam Schefter say things, even we have pause and we're like, oh, okay, maybe it's going to be now, but, but the team has not indicated that, but Rappaport tweeted the day of the saints game that AB was expected back after the buy that hasn't happened. Schefter tweeted the day of the giants game or the day before, maybe that AB had a real chance to play against the Colts. He didn't even practice leading up to the Colts. And then Schefter said this past Sunday, that AB was his timeline uh, with the six weeks was expected to end in Atlanta and he was supposed to be back in Atlanta. Now Schefter is tweeting as of about 10 minutes ago. And I believe Matt uh, Matera already has a story up on Pewter Report on this uh, that uh, that um, Br- Antonio Brown is probably going to miss the next two games, the Atlanta game and the Buffalo game before he's back in the lineup uh, for Tampa Bay. He's been wrong twice before. Rappaport's been wrong once. It uh, doesn't seem like the reporting on this has been very good. What are your thoughts on this latest timeline based on the conversations you've heard or just how what you've been able to infer from this situation, Scott? I don't care. I want him back when he's 100%. <laughs> All right. I, I don't want him back for the Falcons. I just don't. I want him back yeah. when he's 100% when there's not going to be any re-injury because the, the where they're going to need A.B. the most is in the postseason. And I think he'll be back before then. I really do. But for the Bills game, for the Saints game, those are more important games to me. And even if he misses the Bills game, the fact that they've got Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Chris Godwin, and Leonard Fournette who's playing at a really high level. I mean, gosh, Leonard was the NFC Offensive Player of the Week award, and we tweeted that out literally on Sunday right after the game was yeah. over, forecasting that. It was not a surprise. Right. But there's enough weaponry for Tom Brady to throw to. I would just rather them wait. Listen, A.B. is no spring chicken, man. He's, what, 33 years old? Mm-hmm. Um, let that injury heal. His strength, right, his superpower, John, and you've seen it in Pittsburgh, is the quick feet, right? It, it gets him separation at the line of scrimmage. It creates separation down the field. You know, he does have some real speed, especially since the knee injury has been, uh, you know, rehabbed. He's faster this year than he was last year. That's apparent in his yards per catch average. Get this guy healthy. I'm not yeah. concerned about when A.B. plays as long as it's sometime in December and, more importantly, in January. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I completely agree with you. I was thinking more about in time of what do you think is realistic of, of when he actually will be back. The reason I have a little bit of hope for this latest Schefter report is that it feels like somebody in the team was finally like, all right, let's just get this straight. Since he's not playing this week, since people are talking about, it, let's just get this straight. He's missing the next two games. And then we're hopeful to have him back. So I would say that it's realistic. He could be back for that saints game. Maybe that's the one that they're targeting him for. Um, and if not, then maybe he comes back and he, you know, he, tunes up against the whoever they have who is it the is it the panthers after that i can't remember. it's the panthers, oh, well, panthers jets panthers right you mean you mean after well, after the saints game yeah for the saints game it's correct it's panthers no it's yeah panthers jets panthers jets panthers. where's my phone i don't know panthers i don't know yeah or falcons falcons are this week so yeah panthers you're yes, I'm yes, right. yes. Panthers, right. Jets, Panthers after the Saints. so maybe right. those are the games that he's back for i do think he'll play again before the end of the regular season i do too yeah do they Here's my other question to you. Do the Bucs need him to to win games? Do they need him to play? Obviously, it, I don't think there's any question that he's going to be extremely helpful in the playoffs. There's the rest no of their schedule it. just is not that tough. The Bills right. are the toughest team. They obviously have a great defense. They just lost their number one corner, by far their best corner right. in Tredavious White for the season. Uh, I don't know that I see like a team i mean the saints are obviously right. struggling a little bit uh defensively i don't know what do you think that they're going to need to win uh, one I, of these I don't i don't because here's the thing most teams have two elite weapons on offense yeah right the really good teams have three the bucks have four and yeah i'm putting leonard fournette in that category now because leonard's playing out of his mind right I mean, leonard what are you doing scoring four touchdowns leonard i mean come on right? four touchdowns right <laughs> so it's like we we've seen like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin have pedestrian games. So when that happens, Gronk and Fournette have monster games in the times when Gronk and, and Fournette really don't have monster games. It's Evans and Godwin going off. Right. So 
The Bucks have four. They're blessed. They're spoiled. When they have AB back, they'll have five elite weapons on offense mm -hmm. if Leonard keeps playing this way. So I just I just don't think that that they need him right now. Would they want to have him back? Sure. I mean, of course they would like to have him back as soon as possible. But I don't think they're going to need him back. And again, I, I don't think with, with him being 33 years of age that they want to rush him back either because yeah. – uh, this is not an elbow injury. This is not a shoulder injury. This is a, an ankle heel type injury. And that that's in that's the superpower zone for Antonio Brown. And yeah. they want that injury to be fully healed and not recurring. The last thing you want is for him to come back for a game for a quarter and re-aggravate it and boom, there you go. Right. Yeah. You want to make sure that he's risk-free when he comes back for sure. Uh, I will say this. I'm not sure whether they'll need him to actually win a game or not, but... I will say this, Scotty Miller, the route running mistake yeah. that caused the interception. He did come back and do so. He drew the pass interference. I still think right. his usefulness extends. Like He played four snaps. He made a great block for Gronk. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to do that every week. but And he got, drew a pass interference call. And he could have, honestly, if he had run a better route, he could have had a shot at that deep ball that ended up being intercepted too. Right. Uh, by the way, story up on PeterReport.com. Uh, Bruce Arians made some comments about that Scotty Miller play that resulted in interception. Um, and why that was that route was uh, so messed up on that play and how that can't happen. He commented on that on Bucks right. Total Access, wrote a story about that. Uh, so go right over and check that out if you're curious as to what I'm talking about. But there's mistakes there. There's just Tyler Johnson. I mean, he, in the last couple of weeks, he has like three He's catches for like yeah. 20. He has like three catches for like 20 some yards. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't done anything, Scott. Like right. he's playing a lot of snaps. A yeah. lot of snaps, and he's just not doing anything. Correct. Um, and it's clear on tape, like there's just not a lot of separation. They're not. Yeah. He's just not getting open a lot. And so this is an offense that uh, probably more than any other offense in the league, Bruce Arians offense has always said, we need our wide receivers to be dudes for this offense to yeah. work. They do scheme people up more than they used to, but they still, they rely a lot on guys to win one-on-one -on -one, and whether it's man coverage or, you know, be able to beat zone with their brains and be able to get open in those spaces and, um, and to do so in a timely fashion too. And so I think it really does matter and it really helps, but you're right. This team should still win the rest of its games, even yeah. without AB. I, I, I'm going to make, I'm gonna make a clarification before we, we kill half of the, the chat here with heart attacks, okay? Leonard Fournette is playing at, at in an, an elite level. When he scores four touchdowns and has 131 yards, he's playing at an elite level. Is he an elite talent? No, he's not an elite talent. Is he elite back? No. But is he, is he an elite weapon? Yes, when he plays like that, yes. You know why? Because four touchdowns and 131 total yards, that gets you NFC Player of the Week. So for one week, Leonard Fournette was elite. And he should and take that and give it to the O-line. That's what they should do. Because Of course, there's no doubt. Unbelievable. Yes, not just the O-line, Donovan Smith. Donovan Smith had his best game in like maybe forever. They might yeah, you asked me game. to cut you a couple clips for, for uh, your call. Yeah, writing about, already. I'll send them to you. They're I'm writing uh, to, about Donovan on, on Friday yeah. for the Fat Bomb. He, he had it. some. Yeah, he had some unreal blocks in this game. That are going to be fun to read about on Friday. William, sure. Butler. William yeah, we're not sure. Five super chat. Thank you. Uh, he says, "I'm get, I guess I'm late, but AB out until Jets game. Yeah, we'll see, uh, William. I, we're not that one. We'll have to wait and see on. I, I, I would, I think he'll be back before then if I had to guess, but it might be like the game before then. Um, yeah, they might not be that Saints game. We'll just see. It's just all about, I, like you said, the Bucks are determined not to rush anyone back. They want to. Be, they know they're making the playoffs. Five thirty-eight hasn't it." 99% chance to make the playoffs, like basically almost the same thing. What's it? 97 right, to win the division. I'm yeah, not good at math, good. but that seems pretty yeah. good. They're probably going to be the one, two, or three or the seed, depending on what happens if yeah. nobody else messes up, because they're like 97% chance to win the division, too. So I think right. for them, it's like, okay, let's get in and be at full strength when we're in. Um, yeah. And then we'll just see what happens. Obviously, you'd love the the top seed, but I don't know. Uh, it depends on what happens with Arizona. Arizona schedule. Maybe a little bit tougher, but they have like three cupcake games too, and then they have a couple tougher ones. So yeah. we'll see. Bucks got uh, plenty of work to do to keep uh, their own focus. Uh, let's just look real quickly at the injury report today, Scott, so we can get everybody uh, up to date. Lots of on bucks the same on page. there. Not many fouls. Yeah, lots of bucks. Antonio Brown did not participate. Jalen Darden is in the concussion protocol protocol and did not participate. Jamel Dean was a full participant with that shoulder injury. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting. He had the non-contact jersey on. I didn't know you could be a full participant with that yeah. jersey on. But uh, Mike Edwards did not participate with a knee, yeah. uh, bruised knee from yeah. that kickoff return. Actually, where he that's, made the great play. Right, yeah. yeah. And Will Golson had a wrist. Uh, Bruce Arians did clarify after that it was not serious. Sure, it didn't sound like Mike Edwards' injury was serious. Um, right. But uh, keeping him out of practice anyway today. 
Uh, Ali Marpet uh, was limited today, but he did get back out there. He was in pads um, with that. Uh, I guess they're listing as an abdomen. Um, yeah. I guess that is attached to your oblique. Yeah. Um, Jason Pierre-Paul, full participant. Aaron Stinney did not participate. That one sounds like it's going to be a longer-term injury. Wouldn't be surprised to see Stinney land on IR and mm-hmm. could be it for his season. We'll see. I, I'm not sure. Uh, Bruce Arians mentioned on Bucks Total Access that it was a patellar injury, so I don't know if it's yeah, that's, the tendon that's, or the kneecap got moved. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, so that's usually I a really longer-term one. Stinney because he is, he's in a contract year, just like Alex Kappa is. And I think that Kappa – is going to be gone in free agency. I'm doing a story also on Friday on just what it's looking like a little bit early for some of these these Buccaneers who are free agents. And it really would have been good for Stinney, right, to even help his cause even more to get in there and play in that that Colts game. It sounds like Marpet has a chance to come back this week, so it's going to be really quickly mm-hmm. as, um, uh, you know, as, as uh, you know, it, uh, listen, I did. Nick Leverett did a really good job, I think, for his first – NFL game coming in, bullets flying right um, to come in there and and play in that environment against a guy like 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 Buckner and against Stewart. That's that's pretty good. So yeah, um, he he did uh, about as well as you can expect, I guess, yeah, for a guy. He like hung that. on. Would I want to see him again? No. <laughs> he hung on. He hung up for dear life. You know, you got a whole. Bruce Aaron said it actually on Bucks Relax. He said the biggest uh, struggle for him was um, the communication. Like they just ran yeah. so many games. And he was just right. out of position on so many of those. Yeah. It wasn't so much one-on-one losing the guys as it was just not quite being able to pick things up in time right. and communicate with Donovan Smith. That's that's understandable stuff. Yeah. It's fixable stuff. Physically and athletically to me, I'm just very intrigued by what Nick Lever can be eventually. Yeah. I just don't want to find out this year. But exactly. <laughs> Josh yes. Q, well $5 super chat. <laughs> Thoughts <laughs> on Scotty Miller going forward as a gunner, just a function of injuries or something he could do even with others back. This was pretty funny. On I know I'm quoting Buck Stodal Access a lot. It's a great show. Everybody should check it out. Arian said, if Scotty Miller is like their eighth, he calls him flyer or gunner yeah. on the team, Scott. He said he's never really even done it before. And it just made me laugh Correct. because Bruce Aarons has such an obvious, like he'll say whatever in preseason, but that yeah. obviously does not give a crap about special teams. And it's so right. obvious every week when he makes these personnel decisions, like yeah. it's just so low on his priority list. He has pinion like in large part because almost every kickoff goes out and they were the yeah. worst kickoff coverage team in yeah. NFL history last year. And he just relies on pinion basically to never have to return and the right. offense to yeah, never have exactly. to punt. And that's how they survive. It's so yeah. funny to me. No, you're, so I don't you're think exactly Scotty right. Miller will be a gunner this year, by the way, again. Well, I, the, the thing is, 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 um, you know, he had four, he had five reps at gunner in his whole career coming into Sunday's game. He had four reps on Sunday and uh, we, he didn't make a tackle, right? Like, like I didn't see him run down there and like be like Keyshawn Vaughn or, or, you know, any of these guys that have, that have been gunners this year, Rashad Robinson, go down there and, and make a tackle. I, I don't know that that's Scotty's forte, but right. what, um, what Bruce did say was he split a double team, right? There's two vice guys going up against the, the gunner. He split the double team with the speed, right? So there has to be some physicality there. They're not just playing two-hand touch. They're, they're literally they're called vice guys because they're trying to get you in the vice yeah. and make sure you don't go down there. So he was able to use some physicality, split the double team. And it was right there, you know, um, you know, right, right in time, right at the right, right place, right time to get that fumble recovery. That's a huge play. I mean, that was a huge oh, play yeah. for the Buccaneers. Changed, helped change momentum in that second half. So, you know, based on that alone, that that's a hero play. So I would not yeah. be opposed to keeping him in there. We'll see. I mean, again, I if you can't tackle out there, it usually does get a little bit tough. Uh, Ainsy, um, I'd like to see him try. I mean, I would, you know, probably. Wait, like, I would. We'll, we'll see how scrappy it. Scotty is. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to I see him get out there and do fast that. Moving object hitting another, you know, a station, yeah. mostly stationary, usually for most right. returners. Or, uh, Buccaneer Bruce says five a uh, five dollar super chat. We always appreciate these. Thank Bruce, you. Uh, he says, is Hainsy getting work at center during the week? Is he also working at guard? We don't get to see that much into practice uh, anymore. Uh, we just see like warm up stretching, uh, Bruce. But um, Ainsy seems like they're determined to kind of get him solidified at center. Um, and because feeling like guard is an easier one to learn because the snapping yeah. part at center. Um, so it seems like they're kind of committed to that and they want to, you know, I want to think they also want him to develop his body and get his body right. Correct. Um, Leverett's yes. had and another year to do that. So. Stinney has gone into, into reserve. Bucks just uh, let us know. Oh, okay. About that. 
Okay, so Stenny's going on injured reserve, yep. which sounded like it was going to happen based on yep. Arians today. So he'll be out a minimum of three weeks, and then we'll see if he can return after that. But most likely would be maybe a comeback around playoff time. Right. Was just and it was it once interesting, right? That that Leverett went in there before Hansey, right? And yeah. uh, so I think I think what you're saying, John, is correct that they're only looking at Hansey as a center right now. I mean, he yeah. would be the next guard in line if something were to happen to Leverett, and that's mm-hmm. assuming Mark Marpet comes back. Alex Cap is in there. That one of those guys gets hurt. Then Leverett goes in there. There's another injury at guard. Then Hainsey comes into play. Let's hope it yeah. doesn't get to that. Could also be a situation where you slot where Hainsey didn't have any practice reps at guard during the week, right. and so they just didn't want to play him. And now moving forward, the plan could be yeah, okay. If this happens, yeah. Jensen's going to guard. Hainsey's going to center. Something like that. Very similar to what they did with with Shipley last year. So yeah. I wouldn't read too much into it based on this game for people in terms of the emergency situation. They probably just felt like Leverett had more reps at that spot yeah. uh, and was more ready to go. Um, so uh, one more, I want to make sure we address here. Uh, I sorry, I'm not going to, I'm going to mess up this name, but good question. Why wasn't Antonio Brown put on injured reserve? Um, the Bruce Aaron's kind of said this today. Like if they had known that it wouldn't just be a simple ankle sprain at the beginning uh, and they would know how long the injury would have lasted, then they might have put him on injured reserve. There yeah. was just a lot of uncertainty early on, it, whether how quickly he was going to heal the bone spurs that have kind of come up. And I don't know much about the medical part of it. I'm sorry, I've asked some people, but uh, I guess that part complicated things too, because it was kind of a pain, maybe inflammation issue. And so it ended up being a little bit more extensive than just a simple sprain, but it was right. still kind of like, okay, well now you know we're three weeks in and now it's like, oh, okay, three weeks, yeah. you know, we still could be back in three weeks and we don't want to put him on injury reserve now. Right. So they're just waiting it out now at this point. And they haven't really needed the roster spot. So honestly, that's a that to me, that's just a totally moot point. I know people keep saying, can't believe he wasn't put on injured reserve. I'm not sure what, what they're yeah. even talking well, about. And they say that it's not right. a big deal. The, the thing too with injured reserve, you got to keep in mind, it's a three-week minimum, right? So uh, unless you put him on right away, right? And mm-hmm. the thing is, is maybe they're thinking in their mind, okay, well, if he comes back in, in two weeks, well, then we can't even play him because he's got to be on there for one more week. And then the problem is after you wait a week, right, then you say, okay, well, we waited a week. It looks like it might be a little bit more serious. Mm-hmm. So if you start the clock then, you put him on for three weeks. Now he's out for four games. If he comes back, if he's ready to play in two weeks, he's still got to sit out that, that extra week. So you're always playing this game of, yeah. of you know, when, when can he play? So you kind of reach a point of no return where it's like he could be back, so we're not going to put him on R. He could be back, but we're not going to put him on R. And I think that's what's happened. J-Rat410, we appreciate you guys out there that have gotten uh, hooked on Celsius because of the Peter Report podcast. It's exactly what we want. It's it's fantastic. Absolutely, it is. Uh, I know Celsius has changed the game for a lot of y'all, so we definitely appreciate hearing that. All right, let's get to this matchup, Scott. Uh, The Falcons. Yes. What are? Let's just start with their offense. Like, Just tell me, Like, are you afraid of it? I know you're afraid of one thing. I think it's just one thing, but tell me if I'm wrong. Are you afraid of more than one thing? Um, not really. No, I are mean, you afraid of one thing? Am I right that you're afraid of one thing? I think I Patterson? yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's the only thing, right? He's yeah. their leading rusher, um, 411 yards, 4.4 yards per uh, per carry, four touchdowns on the ground, and then uh, he's been their, their main touchdown producer because he can also catch passes, passes out of the backfield, screens, he can catch swing passes, they can line him up in the slot, they can flex him out as a wide receiver to run uh, go routes, wheel routes out of the backfield. They can do a lot with him. He's second on the team with 41 catches for 500 yards. That's a 12.2 yard average with five touchdowns. You add it all together. He's nine touchdowns. He is by far the Falcons biggest weapon. He was my biggest concern heading into week two. And, you know, he scored a touchdown against Tampa Bay and had a pretty nice day on a screen. The one thing about this offense, John, and we're going to really dig into this, it's just the lack of explosive plays. It's just killed Atlanta. Yeah. John, they only have one pass play over 50 yards. That's a 64 yard screen by Cordero Patterson. That's it. Well, yeah. You know, Beyond that, I mean, those explosives might even be rare 50 plus, but just looking at their 20 plus, 40 plus. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're just 28th in the NFL and 20, 20 plus yard pass plays and, and four. They only have four 40 plus yard pass plays, which is Correct. 27th in the NFL. So yeah. 27th in Yak. I mean, it's hard, like there's hardly a category that that the, that exists in the NFL statistical team statistics that yeah. the Falcons aren't 25th or lower on, like right. on either side of the ball. Yeah, and, and it's the amazing is, they have four. What they have four wins, five wins. Uh, yeah, they're they're five and 
uh, five and six, five and six right now. That's yeah. honestly, it's incredible. They're five yeah. and six, especially well, without the players they've lost. And the thing is, right. They, they, they signed Mike Davis to be their guy. You know, uh, we were both concerned that they would draft uh, Javon, uh, Javante Williams out of um, North Carolina yeah. in the right. second round. They didn't. And in Patterson's kind of been that guy for them, but Mike Davis has really been a horrible signing. I mean, he is, yeah, he's uh, averaged 3.2 yards per, per carry, 300 yards at this point in time. He's not really the starter, although he's got more attempts than Patterson, 96 to 93. No touchdowns, his longest run is 18 yards. John, they only have one rush of more than 20 yards. That was a 27-yard run by Patterson. So there's yeah. no explosive ground game whatsoever. And guess what Arthur Smith likes to do? Run the ball, right? I mean, that's what he did at Tennessee. He had a balanced offense, but you know, there's no Derrick Henry in, in Atlanta for sure. Yeah. But this is a guy that likes to run the ball, get the tight ends involved. And really, Pitts has come on. Mm-hmm. He's their leading receiver, 45 catches, 661 yards, averaging close to 15 yards per catch, and he's got a touchdown. But I mean, it just um, outside of him and and Ridley and Patterson, like that's the trio, and it's really yeah. been underwhelming. Right, and Ridley's obviously been away from the team now for for a long stretch, uh, dealing with some personal stuff, and so uh, no word on him maybe even returning this week or before the end of the season even. So he's been a guy that's absolutely shredded the Bucks when he's played them. Yeah. Uh, last year was just, I mean, he had field days against the Bucks, and and so that you know his loss has been something that's hard for them to overcome. Russell Gage is more of a possession slot guy, good player, but not a number one, and now he's kind of being asked to operate that way a little bit too and yeah patterson is practicing as josh q notices with this uh five dollar super chat he is practicing at safety too backup safety for them he's we really wants to uh play on defense too he wants to be known as that all-time utility guy so we'll see what happens he is a dangerous player because he's so hard to get down i think that's the biggest thing with him you can it can be an innocuous pass and he's just hard to get on the ground Right. Not many guys have the speed to go vertical and the and the size and strength and balance to make plays underneath. It's crazy that he's 30 plus now. And he, I mean, technically, statistically, production wise, he's a bust. Like where he was taken in the draft, his career has not lived up anywhere close to that. And yet here we right. are, like, I don't know how many years, double digit years into his career. And yeah. He was almost out of the league at a couple of points, yes. and now he's yeah, he more was, dangerous than he's ever been. You're right. He was kind of relegated to kick return duties, right? Yeah. Where he's a really good kick returner. But as you said, Arthur Smith saw some versatility there. He's like, let's make this guy a running back, but also a pass catching running back slash receiver. And it's worked in Atlanta, you know. And I, he's an exciting player to watch. I really I appreciate his game now. Oh, I love his game because of his versatility, and and he really can create some mismatches, you know. So I think the the, the key is always. John is just getting pressure on Matt Ryan. You know, it just it's 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 getting this guy um, to throw some Aaron balls to get sacked. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think that's that's the biggest thing. We appreciate Jason Shaw the five dollar super chat. Celsius actually pretty good. Had the peach mango before snorting some ammonia before a PR deadlift today. Coincidence? No. I think not. Let's go, Jason. Jason Shaw. Let's go. <laughs> We love the fact that you drink peach mango. We we highly uh, uh, wish that you didn't snort ammonia. Okay, I'm just gonna say it. Okay. <laughs> Don't recommend. I, it. I think I had a whiff I one time. Actually, I am a I'm a big. I love lifting, but I I think I had a I think I only had ammonia one time. I want to yeah. say. I mean, and, I, I would uh, prefer I would prefer that like the term. Um, you know, whiffing as opposed to snorting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That seems That's like it true. Be careful, really Jesus. gets up in those sinuses, you know. I'm gonna snort some ammonia. So <laughs> he probably doesn't even remember that. Just like a little, like that. Like yeah, they told him need. after it was a PR, it was a personal record, but he don't remember it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But no, that's Celsius. It'll give you. I I I drink it every day before I yeah. left, so I think it, it is important. I get it completely. I didn't mention, by the way, Vita Vey and Devin White. They were limited today in practice. Yeah. I should mention that. It doesn't seem like the Falcons have any major injury concern on people who are not on IR. Grady right. Jarrett was rested today. Deion Jones has a shoulder, but he was a full participant. Cordero yeah. Patterson rested today, and and Kendall Sheffield was a full participant with a hamstring. The only yeah. guys, Jonathan Bullard, rotational D lineman, did not practice with an ankle. So we'll see how, how that goes there. But in terms of the Falcons' offense, you kind of captured it already, Scott. Like, did just Arthur Smith did, did, has did kind I sum of it up already. <laughs> you you that, basically that did. Quick? Yeah, I mean, the Arthur Smith has will want to establish the run. He would want to do this thing differently than he has. But yeah. the Falcons are 30th in rushing yards per game. They're 30th in yards per attempt on the ground. It just has not kind of come together the way that he wanted to this year. Yeah. 
I think he's actually done a pretty good job of saying, okay, it's not, I need to change a little bit what I'm doing. He's remained decently effective in the red zone. Right. It's funny. The Falcons have 33 red zone trips this season. The yeah. Bucks have 33 red zone touchdowns this season. So mm-hmm. the Bucks have as many touchdowns in the red zone as the Falcons have total trips to the red zone this year. So yeah. it's just, that's kind of, Arthur Smith has kind of made the most of what he's working for. I mean, not having Calvin right. Ridley a lot of the year. It's not his fault that, that they drafted probably, two busts on their offensive line over the last couple of years and have not figured out left guard at all. And Jake Matthews is aging. And so he's just not had a lot to work with. I think he's done a great job with Patterson. I think he is a good coach. I think he's, a, I think the, ultimately the arrow could be pointing up for the Falcons, but right now the talent is the biggest thing. Yeah, they just do really not is. have that much talent. They're probably one of the least talented rosters in the NFL right now. And you know, I agree wholeheartedly, John. And I think too, part of that stems from the fact that their offensive line is kind of pedestrian. You know, yeah. they've got some and they've high spent the picks. resources there. Yeah, they got some regime, high draft but... picks uh, in that line, right? Uh, both the first tackles. round. Yeah, the right guard is a first rounder. The right tackle is a first rounder. Obviously, yeah. Matthews is a first rounder, but he's been yeah. good for a long time. I mean, Hennessy was a second or third rounder, I want to say. Um, they've spent the resources. Uh, they got yeah. another guy, um, Stanford kid of Dolman. Drew Dolman yeah. was a third rounder or second rounder this year. They've spent tons of resources on the line for this, this scheme fit too. And right. right now, it's just pretty underwhelming across yeah. the board. They need some of those guys to step up. I think Lindstrom's been okay, but they need guys to step up more than they have this season. Well, I think too, it's like, you know, the, the one thing we haven't seen this year is, correct me if I'm wrong, I could be wrong, but I don't think we've seen a Blaine Gabbert sighting on the road yet. I think oh, Blaine has I, only I seen actions at home. Which, you would know that better than me, man. I, I don't yeah. Even well, sometimes it, got, sometimes it gets like, lost in the Gabbert fantasy. and I forget You imagine him out there on the road. Yeah, of course, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I think a Gabbert fourth quarter mop of duty this Sunday, that, that could be in the offering. I will, I will say that the Buccaneers – historically have had close games in Atlanta for whatever reason. I mean, look no further than last year. Remember, the Bucks trailed Atlanta 17 to nothing. The Raheem Morris Falcons last year, 17 to nothing at halftime. I even went on Twitter and said, this this does not look like a Super Bowl contender at all, right? Of which Jason Light put me on blast after the game. So did he? he? Oh yeah. He texted me and he's like, he's like you tweeted this, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, well, you know, look at the final score, bitch. You know, he didn't say that. But I mean, that's what he was thinking. That's what he was thinking. Which 31. game was this? The Falcons game, 31-27. The Bucks scored 31 points in the second half. Oh, to come back and beat year. the yes. Falcons. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. Well, but you wrote tweet- it this year, too, after the Washington loss. You wrote it in your two-point conversion that they didn't. Yes. They weren't a Super Bowl team, that team. And yes. so – and, I didn't know if that's who you were talking about. Have you heard? Well, no. And, and I listen. I well, I was clear. I said this Buccaneer right. team, the team that the showed up, they're playing. Yeah, yeah. That that team did not look like a Super Bowl we'll, contender. Yeah, we'll see of, if they can bury that team. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think that's the whole key. I think the whole key to this uh, game in Atlanta is for the Buccaneers. I want to see a lot of imagination from Byron Leftwich. I want to see one of those first series drives. That we saw against the Giants. I want to be like wowed by Byron Leftwich. I want to see seven points on the board right away because the Falcons just don't have the firepower to keep up with the Buccaneers. This is this is not one of these games, John, where you know you want to get it to the fourth quarter and win a close game. The Buccaneers are undefeated in close games this year, and that's great. But it used to drive me bonkers when Tony Dungy would say, Well, you know, what we want to do is get the game to the fourth quarter and win it with our defense. No. Get this game over with at halftime. Get this game over with at the start right. of the third quarter. Bury your opponent. That's that's winning football. When you can trounce an opponent, and John the Buccaneers did that last year with regularity. Look at the at the the Raiders game, 45-20, right? Look at at the 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 Lions game, 47-7. There was some look at the Panthers game in Carolina. That got into the 40s. The Panthers only had 20. That's the Buccaneers, I think, that that they need to become again heading into December, heading into the playoffs, because that's the team that put up 30 points on the road every single week, including the Super Bowl, to win. And I tell you, last week was a very good start, hitting 38 points. That's got to happen again this week. I think they got to put up 30. I don't care what Atlanta puts up, but it should be somewhere in the neighborhood of like 31-17. Yeah, I mean, this game shouldn't be close at any point. 
at any point. Atlanta's been slipping. I know they won last week, but it was over Jacksonville, and it was still yeah. barely. I don't think they even scored in the second half, if I'm right. correctly. It was rough. Um, Falcons don't have any. They have one. They have two good players on defense. It is not even Deion Jones anymore. I'm done with Deion. It's right. It's not. He might. Yeah, you know, he'll probably have a sack in this game, and I'll. You know, everybody. Be like, oh, look. But yeah. he just he's not been the same player. Like not when there's not much talent in front of him. Grady Jarrett's a good player. He, he's he's a good player. He's not like a game changing Hall of Fame type player. He's a he's good got player. One sack this year. You know, yeah, yeah. The production's not going to be there when he's the only guy you have to worry about up front. Let's put it that way. He's not Aaron Donald in that way. That's exactly. not a knock. I'm just saying like he can't impact your, your offense as much as he would have in years past because everybody right. else around him is just just trash basically i mean yeah and then aj terrell the first round corner he's great he's tremendous he's the best player probably on their defense this year yeah. i mean he's been he was amazing the last time these two teams met back in week two he's just gotten better since then they're his own coverage heavy team when they've gone more man he's responded and been able to kind of carry and help them in that way i bet mike evans sees a lot of them i don't think he'll follow but i you know like he did mike as edwards. a rookie mike evans i'm sorry mike evans yeah 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 yeah. I think um, I don't think he'll fall like he did as, as a rookie with Evans, right. but um, which did not go well for him, obviously. But yeah. he was one of the only guys that played well in week two and everybody else. I mean, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin's statistics against the Falcons are insane, like just yes. bananas type of production. So I do yeah. think you'll see a big game from those guys this week against Dean Pease. But and you know what, John? Dante Fowler Jr. has so underwhelmed in Atlanta. Now, he did get a sack on Donovan Smith in the first game, but that was, that was really a coverage sack. Brady held on to the ball too long. That was almost like the sack that Tristan Wirfs gave up in new Orleans. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, Brady was just kind of hanging in there a little too long. Didn't step up in the pocket, didn't run, didn't throw the ball away. And that was really a more of a coverage sack than anything that Fowler had on Smith kind of reaching around and, and batting the ball out. But I'm with you. I, I, you know, the other guy too, that's, that's kind of impressed me is, is a, a Lucan, the middle mm-hmm. linebacker, right? I mean, he, I think he is the better linebacker on the team. When you look at at he and Deion Jones, Jones is underwhelmed. Jones has almost been like this year's Devin White to Tampa Bay. That's how Jones, who also played at LSU with Devin White, has kind of been in, in Atlanta. The tackles are there, 92, two sacks, no interceptions, and this is a pretty good coverage linebacker. He's got uh, three pass breakups this year and a forced fumble, but it's not been the difference maker in Atlanta the way that Devin White has not been the difference maker outside of more recently in Tampa Bay. But uh, uh, Foyer, uh, Alokin has done a really good job, 119 tackles, two sacks. He's got two pass breakups. He's got an interception, um, a forced fumble. I think he's the better linebacker. And it's not saying that he's a pro bowler by any means. He's just – I think he's probably better and more productive than Deion Jones at this point. Yeah, and the Falcons don't really – they had just haven't been good in situational football this season. They're 30th in third down defense. They're 25th in red zone defense. Uh, they're 24th against the run. They actually are 14th against the pass. Yeah. Part of that is because teams have just not had to throw against them that much in the second half. So we're talking about passing yards allowed yeah. per game here, not, not efficiency overall. And probably one of the most disappointing statistics is that they're 31st in points uh, allowed You know, this season. Yeah. Like that's – for a Dean Pease defense – to not be good, better right. in in those kind of crunch situations, Pease is a long track record of being a good coordinator. The oh, fact yeah. that they're not better just has it's a total indictment, in my opinion, of the talent it on really this is. defense. There just is not very much not of it. It's very simple. Yeah, and, and part of the thing too is, and it goes against Dean because they look at total points scored when they do that, not just offensive points. You got to remember, Mike Edwards had fourteen of those points mm, for right, Tampa right. Bay, and that 40, uh, 45 to, to twenty five, whatever the score was in week two, right? So, I mean, that really kind of worked against Pease with his, his statistics. But uh, listen, Mike Edwards has just been an absolute playmaker. My hope is that he comes back. If you missed the beginning of the show, he's got a bruised knee, didn't practice today. Um, bruised knees, I've, I've had him, and they, they hurt. I think me. they'll just rest him this week. I think so, too. I think he'll, he'll be back on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. And um, here's, uh, a, here's a crazy stat for you. You ready for this one, Scott? Yeah. All the negative things you said about the Falcons. They're near the bottom of the league in like every category, defensively, offensively. They're in the bottom seven pretty much, yeah. almost every category. If they're not in the bottom seven, they're usually not in the top half. There's like nothing they can really hang their hat on. Right. The one crazy thing about them is that I believe still, I think this is still true going into this week. I know it was going into last week. Defensively, let's see. Look at you buying time. I yeah. Think. 
Defensively, they have not given up a pass play of 40 yards or more this season. They're the what? only team in the NFL that what? has not given up a 40 plus yard pass play this wow. season. The Bucs are second best with only they've only given up three, two in the Rams game, and then the, the one against the Colts. So these are the two teams in the league that do not Congrats, give up Atlanta. Plus yard pass That's plays. awesome. <laughs> right. Awful proud That's of something you. to hang your hat on. Now, 20 yeah. plus yard pass plays, they're they've still That's honestly a different done story. A, a, Pretty good job. Like I said, yeah. they're not that they're about middle of the league, you know, maybe 12. I think Atlanta's been one of those teams that they've died by, you know, by, by a dagger rather than yeah. a sword, right? Like yeah. a lot, a lot of little stabs and jabs rather than like mm-hmm. the big slice from the big old sword. So I think that's right. it's part of the problem. Michael Anderson asked, Who covers Pitts? Did they make Levante David ghost him? You know, well, it's interesting. Carl Davis. Should... <laughs> yeah, I remember Carl... him. Yeah, I think Carlton uh, certainly might. It really Come back and he... cover the guy that they're calling the best tight end prospect of all time. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'll tell you what, I think you're going to see him in the slot too. So you're going to see the Buccaneers use a lot of, of uh, different players to cover, you know, uh, Kyle Pitts, wherever he lines up. Mm-hmm. Might be Mike Edwards. You might see Antoine Winfield come down a, a couple times. I wouldn't be opposed to that matchup at all, certainly after last week. Uh, but folks, whoever it is, you got to tune into Peter game day, right? The game starts at one o'clock. That's when John and Paul are, are coming on to, to fill you in on all of the different strategies and what they're seeing, the evaluations, um, giving you live commentary on the Bucks Falcons game. And it gets started at noon with the Peter pregame show. So make sure you join us where we'll all be on there, uh, breaking down all of the individual matchups, looking at the, the lines in the game, um, and uh, and taking you right up until kickoff. So Peter pregame at noon, followed by Peter game day at one o'clock. And John, uh, I tell you, uh, the thing that you want to do when it comes to your pregame is make sure that you've got your bets placed at my bookie. I think right now the Bucks are minus eleven in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Vegas is expecting yeah. a blowout. But the thing is, is you can double your your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 using the promo code Pewter. Everybody's trying to cash in on the next best crypto. But if you want to make a guaranteed uh, bet in a guaranteed way to double your money, all you need to use is the promo code Pewter at MyBookie. It's simple. Sign up at MyBookie, the promo code MyPewter. Uh, I'm sorry, with my, with Pewter on MyBookie. And your first deposit is immediately doubled all the way up to $1,000. How's that for a quick turnaround in your investment? With the NFL playoff race heating up, the college bowl season right around the corner, double your firepower at MyBookie to get in on the action on the most important games of the season. Build your own props, create multi-game parlays, take part in a host of MyBookie cash prize contests. This is the best time of the year to watch both and bet on sports because you know who the winners are by now. Don't miss out. Double your first deposit. Use promo code Pewter. Keep your eyes peeled for more exclusive holiday promotions coming up soon. At my bookie AG, my uh, bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie John. I had a very, very good weekend at my bookie. I heard on Thursday I bet on the Raiders, right? Mm-hmm. And it was it was a it was a um, it was a risk free bet, right? We talked about that last week for Thanksgiving. Risk free bet. Yep. I, I listen. I I blew a lot of these bets this year because of all these upsets in NFL and college. So I only had fifty bucks left. I put all fifty five hours. I put all fifty five on the Raiders. One big, it was risk free. So I took the the plus seven on the on the Raiders. One big, I won on my Friday games. I won on my Saturday games. I won on my Sunday games. I even won against uh, Seattle. I I picked the Washington football team. Wow. So I went from fifty five dollars up to one hundred and fifty bucks. Now I won hundred bucks over the weekend on my bookie. Wow, fun stuff. That's crazy. Good for you. All right, that's that's usually you say like something large and it's like thirteen dollars, but. That's a you. You. I literally won 100 large over the past wow. four days. So that actually happened. That's a thing. Weekend. It did. It did. <laughs> That's awesome. I needed it too. Uh, Elliot says Pewter Game Day is legit awesome. I haven't watched the game without yes, it, it since it started. Thanks, Elliot. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Matt was fun to have on there. I think Matt's gonna be back. We're, I think he and I are gonna do the Jets game. Paul will be back this week. Oh, that'd be good. Game. But yeah, having Matt on for the Jets yeah. game will be fun. We were texting him out last night, and I think he's excited for that. So yeah, we'll keep rotating him through. It'll be fun, though, for sure. Um, definitely, uh, some people are asking. We got a we got a $5 Super Chat, so we have to ask this question. We're contractually okay. obligated to ask this question. Yes. And I'm. this is a great question. Mo Rama says, $5 Super Chat. We appreciate that, Mo. Yes. I, if you have to only keep two wide receivers... Out of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and A.B., 
which two wide receivers you'd rather have for the rest of the season playoffs. Let's add this. I think is what he's saying this year, which two wide receivers would you rather have for the rest of the season in the playoffs out of, you have to pick two of those three and they're all fully healthy and they stay fully healthy. You don't have to worry about injury. So it's just ability. Oh, I know my two. Oh, do you? Okay. Oh yeah. I know my two, but they're not good. Evans and Godwin. Okay. So you're, so you're leaving AB. I'm leaving AB because because they well no I like AB I'm not disrespecting him it's just that Evans has got the size he's he's the biggest receiver on there he can go deep he can go vertical he can be that guy he can be your possession guy underneath there's so many things you can do with him he's your red zone guy your leading touchdown producer Um, so I like having that size a wide receiver on the outside with Evans you can also put him in the slot and create some awesome mismatches. Godwin is just Godwin, right? I mean, he is the leading receiver on this team for a reason. It's the most important position in the slot. He blocks, he catches, he runs end arounds. He can do it all. So to me, those are the two guys. And the reason why I feel comfortable leaving AB off is because they still have Gronk. So this was a wide receiver only question. So I'm kind of cheating because they got their three, their yeah. big three. It's just not AB in, in my list. It's Gronk as the third. Yeah. So um, this Go is ahead, obviously- Mr. Steeler. Right. This is a great question because this is a great question because there is not really a wrong answer, in my opinion. Like great point. It yes. depends what you are trying to do for sure. There are different types of receivers. So it definitely depends what you're trying to do. Yeah. In my opinion, for Brady and this offense and the way teams are playing them, when you take all that into account, I would rather have A B and Godwin. So I agree with Michael Anderson and some of the tweets coming up there. To me, A B okay. is the best at getting open period. Right. And that is such, so important. Then you add to the fact that he has elite ball skills. He's really good after the catch. Um, he doesn't drop many passes. Um, you know, he is great when things don't, when the post picture play uh, doesn't unfold how you think it will in terms of coverage, he's right. great at quickly processing and adapting what he's doing to that. I would say that's no, there's not many weaknesses to Mike Evans, but I would say that's one of right. his weaknesses. And because it's such a strength of Brady's and such a strength of AB's, I think it helps uh, that connection and that chemistry a little bit um, helps that offense out when they're relying so much as they, as they do on people kind of being able to get open on a regular basis. Um, So I would say that uh, is the reason why I would take a B and then for Godwin, I think just because that position, he's so unique, his role is so unique. What they asked him to do in that offense is so unique. You couldn't, I mean, we've seen this already. Tyler Johnson's been asked to take basically some wide receiver three reps and and the drop-off has been significant. I, I don't know that I, to me, if you were to take Edwin Evans out, then you would have an increase of somebody like Scotty Miller, and I'd rather have an increase of that in the, in the vertical dimension that that brings or Rashad Perryman in the vertical dimension to at least stretch teams and keep teams honest, um, and and then you'd have you know still be able to do what you do with AB and Godwin. So there isn't a wrong answer um, to right. it. Evans is obviously a great player, but that's yeah. just how I'd prefer to run it. That's what I think would work best with, with what they do currently. Um, okay. Anyway, so yeah, lots of interesting answers and a great question for so sure. You, we appreciate that. Five got it. Okay. Point that's noted. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I want them cut. Right. <laughs> Definitely want them cut. Um, Josh says <laughs> with another $5 super chat, Josh, we appreciate that. Antonio God Brown. Don't put the bad juju of having to pick. Here's the Brown getting back healthy quickly. Right. Uh, good call. Good call there, Josh. Um, all right, I've got. I would be remiss if I didn't, in the context of all the winning that you're talking about doing, mention our friends over at Underdog Fantasy because there is opportunities to win some big money there as well. They're doing yes. a deposit match over there, up to a hundred dollars. If you put money in and use the promo code Pewter P E W T E R, you can get your deposit matched uh, up to a hundred dollars over there at Underdog Fantasy. One of my favorite things is the bet on the the player over under the the yes. prop bets of the player stat lines. I think it's so much fun. It adds something it to all the games when you watch it, when you're able to do that too. So right. underdogfantasy.com, great place. Go over, check it out. Use that promo code pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Also, if you're interested, there's best ball tournaments to get in, like $5 buy-ins, $10 buy-ins, thousands of dollars in cash prizes that you can win in those things for just a cheap entry free. And remember, they're doubling your first deposit when you get in there. So you're going to get money to play with uh, when you uh, when you use that promo code pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. John, so we have make sure you awesome check that out. Sponsors, do we not? My bookie and Underdog Fantasy. They're they're saying Pewter Report readers, listeners, viewers, Win come money. join, and we're going to double your money. Like that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty much a game changer. I would say it's compelled me. Let's put it that way. Especially with NBA yeah. season starting on. 
right, it's compelled. I bet on the Thanksgiving Day games. I did. I tried to. I did. It, it did not go that great. Well, here's what you want to know what happened. You want to know what happened? This is what happened on Thanksgiving. I bet DeAndre Swift to have, I think it was over under, was four and a half catches. He had three okay. on their first drive, Scott. It was like, oh, right, so we're, you're we're feeling good. pretty good, right? Yeah. Got hurt in like the first play of the second quarter out yeah. for the rest of the game. Then, who was the other one? Um, hit on all the other bets. And then, oh, oh, uh, Cole Komet to be under five catches, I think it was. Okay. And he ended up with a career high number of catches in that game. Gosh. Out of nowhere. Just Damn a you, career high. Yes. <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> so sometimes that happens. My brother, I was like, hey, sign up for Underdog Fantasy. Try this out. And he's like, all right, all right, all right, I'll do it. He'd never bet on anything before. Yeah. He signs up. He also bet on Swift. He bet on him to get like 100 some total yards right. in the game. So he gets hurt. Boom. He's out for that one. And then who else? Somebody got hurt in the late game. He so bet on somebody who got him, hurt. Right. He bet on somebody who got hurt in the late game, and that guy was balling. I forget right. who it was now. And then he got bounced out the game. And so it was literally like both guys that he put money on ended up getting <laughs> bounced out of the game. So it was it was unlucky Thanksgiving. Rude awakening but, uh, for underdog fantasy for your brother. So yeah, yeah, for sure. But he'll go back to it because it's that fun. It's that it much fun. fun to play. Um, okay, real quick looking at this matchup, uh, it's a couple other things to consider. You know, you're looking at paths. I'm always looking at paths. How do the Bucks lose this game? Um, you know, obviously being yourself is a possibility, but the Falcons have not been that opportunistic. They've not been they've not been a high sack team this season. Like, I don't know, Scott. I don't really like you can always beat yourself in the NFL, but this is a tough one. This game just just there's not a good matchup here for the Falcons in terms of how they win this one, in my opinion. Um, this one looks tough for Atlanta to me on paper. I, I even though even with a dismal performance by the Bucs, maybe it's closer than it should be. I, yeah, and it's on the road. Uh, it's on the road. Yeah, yeah. We still don't maybe quite trust what the Bucs are on the road. I, I don't know. I don't know. Do I learned my lesson last week, John. I picked against the Bucs on the road because I said uh, they got to prove it to me. Okay, they proved it to me. So I, mm-hmm. I, I think that that this is December football now, and Tom Brady made mention of that on his Instagram. Twitter feed when he made the this week's you know let's go video and uh, he said it's December and like you could you could like see his eye starting to turn red with like like lasers from Cyclops from the X-Men like starting like like it, it's December right I mean it's mm-hmm. like winter is coming and, uh, and and Tom is Tom is like a white walker man like he is just coming yeah and you can't That's stop right. him you know and uh, so I I I think the Buccaneers got their mojo back in Indy. And I, I listen, the whole key is scoring 30 points or more on the road. That's just, that's it. Right. Mm-hmm. And even against lesser teams, I don't trust this Bucks defense just yet because John, they needed five takeaways to beat the Colts by a touchdown. And the Colts put up 31 points. Right. And, and they were in it with 10 seconds left. They were in it. Okay. So I still don't trust this Bucks defense all the way. Five takeaways is a Herculean effort to put in perspective, as I shared with our, uh, our chat members here and our, our viewers, listeners on Monday, the Buccaneers in the five previous away games had only taken the ball away four times total. So they got five on Sunday where the, the previous five games, they only had four. So I, I don't yeah. trust the defense enough yet, but I, I still think that's the key. You, you got to get 31 because this Bucks defense is going to give up some touchdowns. And remember, the Falcons scored 25 in Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're going to score 25. Uh, Carlton's back. I don't either. That, if he's, if I don't he's back, either. Expected, that'll help. Um, I just, I don't know. With no Calvin Ridley, they had Calvin Ridley in week two, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, they did. He scored yeah. a touchdown on Ross yeah. Cockrell. Right, right. Um, I don't think they're going to get to 25, Scott. I I really don't. I don't um, I, I think, um, and you know, we'll see our scores in a second here, but I, I think that the Bucks offense can get on track in this game. The passing attack yeah. can get on track in this game. I don't say that like they've been off track. They haven't been off track. They're just trying to figure out a world in which nobody in the league is going to, you know, Bruce Aarons talked about it, Bucks total access again. He said, like, everybody's just dropping out coverage against us. So that's why we're throwing to Leonard a hundred times a game. Like right. Leonard has more, one more catch than Mike Evans. No. And I get that. Does, I understand yeah. the philosophy, but you like, you have to find more answers like for getting the ball to Mike Evans schematically and yeah. what you're yes. doing. It's not like they can't I get agree. Evans open. 
They are not starting him. They're not starting progressions to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. You could see it on tape. Brady is starting progressions to the other side of the field, and he may like the concept more over there. You have to find a way to get your best players involved in the concepts that are best. So he might have a concept, a three-man concept to his left, and Evans and Godwin are backside, and this happened against Washington way too much. Evans and Godwin are backside, and the way the defense is structured, he likes the three-man concept more, but the worst players are there. So it's the worst players on his team. So. You, you have to figure out, okay, we're not just going to go with whoever the best con- – like we're going to get Evans and Godwin more involved in some of the concepts that are winning against some of the defensive looks that we're getting. And we're not going to ask agree. Brady to be like, oh, we're going to go backside now to get yep. to these guys. You have to figure out a way to take those players and put them where the concepts are winning more often. And right. that is kind of the next step for this Bucks offense. It's been a okay month for Evans and Godwin. It's been fine. Yep. They've obviously done enough. But these guys can be, it can be even better. Like this, your offense can get yeah. these guys more. They they don't need to be at the end of a game with seven catches for forty yards combined. And I know that they've had right. success anyway with Gronk, and everybody's talking about Fournette. But Fournette didn't really do jack as a receiver in this game. Like he had no, the one didn't. in the two minute drill. He had the one run uh, yeah. where they, where Brady hit him boom right out of the backfoot because he knew he, they were. He only had thirty one yards receiving on all right. those catches. Like, so. What he averaged four <laughs> yards. It was four or five yards a catch. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't good at yeah. all. Um, right. That's not sustainable offense to, yeah. to, to say, oh, we're just going to, you're going to take away uh, Godwin Evans. We're just going to throw the ball to Gronk, you know, 10 times and and throw it to Fournette 10 times. Right. The Gronk part, I love that as an answer. The Fournette thing is not, he he's, he's come away as a receiver. He did. He yeah. only dropped one pass the other day. I think he has six drops in the season, yeah. leads the and team. He, but, you know, the, there, there, are game, there are games where he's broken a tackle. He slipped a tackle. He yeah. picked up a first down on a four yard. But he's not Alan Kamara. Like, no, no, no. Not by any This is no. not a guy you want to, be leading your offense and touches at the end of a game. Correct. Like yeah. You just don't want that to be the case. And so totally that's agree. where I say like, I'll, I'm not concerned, like scared. I'm just like, this is the, what the offense it's has been a to little do. Problematic. I yeah, agree. They it's can probably win the rest of the games, even without figuring yeah. this out. Maybe the bills game will be tough if they don't find some answers there, yeah. depending on what version of the bills are, are showing up yeah. in that game. But the rest of their games, they could probably win without, do getting an A plus in this area, but they can't get to the Super Bowl without an A plus in this area. The Speaking of good, Super Bowl, and that really great matters. question from Mark Fisher, which leads to a question, Scott: Are we are good? Are we still hungry? I think the great thing is is really where you don't see the hunger from Super Bowl teams is is in September or October. I think, um, and and then then if, if if the record isn't good, it can spiral on them. We've seen some Super Bowl participants just like flame out and not make it. We're seeing Kansas City start off really, really slowly, some Super Bowl hangover from that loss, not the win, but the loss. And uh and they've got they've gotten their act together because because champions, I think, live for December football. I think that that's really the big key. And and the thing is 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 if the Bucks weren't that hungry in October, November, listen, they got their get eight and three record. I mean they're I think they've been hungry all along, but each week that gets closer to the playoffs, I think you're going to see the hunger on this team grow, and and, spe- and Brady's going to drive that bus. He just is. Yeah, not. I don't see hunger as an issue. I don't. I don't. Never either. had a question yeah. about it. I don't have a question yeah. about it now. I probably will never. It's just not. Yeah. And the DNA of the team is there's a bunch of there's oh, just there's a bunch of tough guys out here. First of all, there's all Super Bowl champions pretty much yeah. on that team now because the whole team came back. Right, but you, right. you've got guys with multiple rings now: JPP, yeah, yeah. Shaq, Gronk, and Brady. Obviously, so there's enough people to to drive. They that know what it takes. Yeah. yeah, and so and the rookies are some of the most outspoken, enthusiastic, hard work. I mean, Winfield, yeah. even Sean Murphy Bunting, who I don't even think is very good. Like you know, he, yeah. he you know he, Devin White, like those guys are fanatical about football like Tristan Wirfs yeah totally right this is an interesting point Bruce Arians has more playoff wins four than any Bucks coach Gruden is second with three Denji with two McKay with one so <laughs> got them all in one season no kidding right <laughs> pretty yeah. great yeah uh Brady due for a big game yeah this is interesting Brian I've thought about a lot about this uh, you know it does seem like this kind of there are those due dates for for that, especially when you consider what Evans and Godwin right. have done against this defense, P's defense early in the season, other you know other Falcons defense, like it doesn't it hasn't really mattered that when they play the Falcons, those guys go off. Obviously, you know this year was kind of like okay, what will they do against Dean P's and that defense? And you know they obviously played yeah. pretty well. I think in week two, I'll, I'll pull up their stats here in a second. But yeah, that, I think Brady is due for a, a big game. You know that. I think he was starting to get more and more aggressive in the last game, especially second half. He was starting to like, I'm just going to rip this thing in this zone. Like, I don't even care. Yeah. Um, and 
start to get a little bit frustrated maybe with the fact that, you know, he took a couple shots to Scotty. Uh, obviously, Scotty messed up the one route. He threw a perfect ball in the in the pass interference one. You know, the I think he's just like, all right, we're 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 gonna we're not gonna just be content. We're gonna we'll go underneath when we need to for sure, but we're not just gonna be content for that, especially in the second half. So, yeah. um, just about how they can scheme it up, man. It really is to me like it's just I don't worry about Brady so much as I do like the team being able to consistently give them the right answers in terms of what they're, especially with their best players, like right. give them the right answers with their best players. Don't, don't be like, Oh, here's, here's the right answer, but it's with Cam Bray, Tyler Johnson and Leonard Fournette who can't get yeah. open. Like that's, that's the concept we want you working half the time. Yeah. It doesn't right. make any sense. Like, you know, and when AB and Gronk are out there, it doesn't matter because you have all, everybody on the field's good. So the problems, you know, nullified basically, you know, no matter where you start in the progression, which side of the field, you have a right answer somewhere because everybody's good, but without those guys or with Gronk, you know, now he's playing 82% of the snaps, but right. week before was just about half the snaps. And then obviously he was out before that. It, it makes things a lot harder when you're like, okay, we want you to read out this concept over here. Your guys are Cam Brady or OJ Howard or both of them and, and Fournette. And like, that's where in the other guys backside are going to hold the defense's attention. Well, I don't want Chris Godwin and Mike Evans working as decoys on the backside of your progression all the time. So that's where I think they still they need to get that right in the coming weeks. And I think it starts yep. with Atlanta. I really do. By the totally way, agree. Scott, since we are talking about uh, some of these things that uh, make our day when it comes to the Bucks and when it comes yeah. to the way that they play, let's talk about things that can make your make your day this holiday season. Got a little That's living a nice hat golf life. Yeah, look at this thing. It's one of my favorite hats that I own. I love it. Love uh, it. Living golf life's got a lot of great stuff, uh, actually, uh, over on their uh, clothing line that you can check out. They've got apparel and hats, glasses, koozies, all kinds of stuff over at their website. Uh, you can check that out. Check out some of their new products as well. If you love getting out on the course, great place to ask for something for the holiday season and say, hey, look, listen, this would be a great gift for me. Or get a gift and give it to somebody else that you know likes getting out on the course as well. You know, livinggolflife.com. You can check out all that they offer. And you can follow them, too, to see all their new items as they go up at Living Golf Life on Instagram as well. So great stuff uh, from those guys and great opportunity to get yourself looking good when you get out on the golf course as well. So we're getting to that point, Scott, where we're ready to give our predictions here, I think. Yep, for this game. And I just would like to point out the fact that last week I gained another game on you here in year you two did. of our <laughs> – You did. I'm glad you did too because I picked the, the Colts That's to win. That's right. That's and right. uh, so I'm very happy to take that out. I wonder yeah. if we'll agree the rest of the way. I'm still waiting to figure out how I'm going to bet on this Bills game. I don't. Okay. Uh, Robert asked a good question before we give our predictions. $5 super chat. We appreciate that, Robert. Why is Tyler Johnson having a hard time separating this year? Tyler Johnson just isn't. He doesn't have like, a lot of physical athletic gifts. Yeah. That's just the big. That's it. I mean, that's it right yep. there. He he would have to be, he has to be like uh, a savant technically to be able to consistently gain separation. Right. And he's not that. He's good. And and I think if he played exclusively from the slot and probably if he played yep. in a little bit of a different offense, um, right. that would help too uh, for him. But there's parts of it that really work for him. Like the blocking, he was terrific as a yeah, blocker. He's a Sunday. physical guy. So I, yeah. I, I think sometimes the separation from him comes from the push off rather, rather than the elite ability to – to get in and out of breaks, right? Because mm -hmm. he just doesn't have that that quickness, doesn't have the acceleration off the line. So I think he's got a, that separation comes from a lot of like pushing and shoving sometimes. And mm -hmm. and you know, it, it's not to say that he can't, you know, run a route and, and can't, you know, have a clean break and get open. He can. Mm -hmm. It's just not his forte. And he can't do it nearly as often or as smoothly as a guy like Chris Godwin or or Antonio Brown. Yeah. One of the weird things about Tyler Johnson is that he is and in college football, he was one of the best contested catch receivers of yeah. all time per pro football focuses numbers. Yeah. Like he was that good in contested catch situations. We've barely seen that in the NFL. We've seen it some in practice actually at the right. facility, but we have not seen it much in games. Part of it's because Brady isn't like a big contested catch throwing guy. Like Rogers isn't a big in that way either. Like they're not a big 50, 50 ball type quarterbacks. So right. It's not, you know, somebody like um, somebody like Matt Stafford would give him probably more opportunities to make those kind of plays. I don't know how Tyler Johnson would fare in those situations either, I should say, because he's not that big or that strong or that explosive in the air. Like he's great hands, but in the NFL, it might get tougher for him to win 50 50 balls. So, right. some of it's the fit, some of it's the fact that he's probably better as like a power slot type player. Um, and he's still not that big. So, um, yeah, he's just kind of, I think he's going to be a depth receiver most of his career. There's a lot of guys like, 
David Moore and some other guys who have mm-hmm. kind of been a couple different teams, and they when they step in, they can do some good things here. But this is a tough offense for a receiver that's yeah. that's a little more. Uh, I don't know where you get that information, Robert, because he didn't yeah, run a forty. He didn't run the forty um, in the, right. at the combine and didn't run it at his pro. Actually, we ran it at his pro day. I think he hurt his hamstrings. So it didn't even technically technically finish. That was one of the biggest questions um, about him, and I think it's the reason why him. why he slid to to the third round. The Bucks actually yes. had to go look at the film and and point like the radar gun there to to gauge his miles per hour that's actually yeah. how they 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 figured out his 40 time was they compared his miles per hour to chris godwin and although godwin was, was faster it was kind of in the same realm so they felt comfortable taking it. but it wasn't until the third round or fourth round so um that's that's part of the the equation there uh, yeah. john i'm picking the buccaneers to win this okay. um i think it's going to be a blowout i think 34 to 17 is going to be what I'm, I'm guessing. I think that they let Patterson sneak in the end zone for a touchdown, maybe get another touchdown from, from Pitts, but I, I think that's, that's going to be the case right there. Mm, that's uh yeah. Pitts, Patterson, those are the guys. Atlanta's got to lean on them pretty heavily if they're going to get anything done. So yeah, I could yeah. definitely, I mean, I, I, w- I would put money on it. Not, not just my bookie, but if, if I had an investments, you know, oh. like our good friends over at Immuni Financial, um, I, I would take, I would take some money out of Immuni Financial Put it on my bookie or put it on uh, Underdog Fantasy and, and do that because uh, I know that I'm going to make money from my investments at Immuni Financial. At Immuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's your tire treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. We got to get to Colorado, John. We just have to. Listen, uh, managing your family's wealth means more to Amuni Financial than anything, than simply allocating your assets, right? It means brokerage services. It means advisory services. It means legacy planning, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, insurance services. Guys, it's not too late to start investing. I waited. I made the mistake of waiting until literally I was about 40 years old, about 10 years ago, before I really started saving for my retirement. And I've been totally uh, impressed with how much money I've been able to make during these last 10 years. And, and Immunity Financial has been a big part of that. Give them a call. They have 40 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area. They will help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Give them a call at 1-800-868-6864 or visit immuni.com. All right, Scott. Um, I think the Bucs are going to win. I don't think this game is going to be close. I think they're going to have a very convincing type of win to reel us in, and then we'll see about this Bills game in a week. Yeah. I'm not sure. We'll see. Uh, but I think it's... 44 to 20. I okay. think that's what we're looking at here. I think the Bucks got their number. I think so too. Yeah. All right. Great stuff. We'll be back tomorrow on the show. We'll do some Q and a and answer. We got so many questions today. I don't think we can answer them all. So we'll talk some Q and a tomorrow on the show as well. It will be a lot of fun. And then obviously Sunday pregame starts at noon in game live stream starts at 1 PM. You saw some people shout out in the chat. If you can hit the like button on this video that helps our YouTube SEO Hit that like button. Hit that thumbs up. Um, if you like the show, make sure you're subscribed. Pewter Report TV. It's a big deal. You guys have helped us a bunch with our subscriber count lately. Keep them subscribing. We've Remember got some 6, giveaways 000. coming up. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We're about to hit 6,100 subscribers. So uh, keep it up. Um, we got some giveaways coming up for new subscribers as well. So spread the word. Tell friends and family. We appreciate all the, the support and the love for the show. Uh, absolutely on here. It's been uh, awesome to see and the passion and enthusiasm in the chat. There's always fun as well. So, yep, hit that thumbs up, like it, and then uh, be back with us tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern. We'll be live again on the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. So until then, thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out. Out.